Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and day three of Podmas. We're still going strong. <laughs> three days in. <laughs> three days in. <laughs> I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined by return guest Rory. Hello. Hello. And a brand new guest. Hello, Alex. How are you? Hello. I'm doing just dandy. <laughs> That's good. Sorry. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, like three-fourths of this podcast right now are sick, so we're just going to get that out of the way and let everybody know that right now. Um, but I'm excited to have Rory back, and I'm excited to have Alex on for the first time. Um, so since it's Alex's first time, we're going to do her Disney profile. So how did you get into Disney? birth. Like, like most people, it's just kind of ingrained in your childhood, and that's really how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I grew up a season, or season, I grew up an annual pass holder for the Disneyland parks, and we live like six hours away in a town called Modesto, but we still got into the car like at least once a month and drove all the way down to Anaheim with all four kids and went to Disneyland at least once a month, and so like the parks have always kind of been my my thing. And then I worked there, it was my first job in college, so like... It's just always been there. Just yeah. a thing. It's just how it is, man. Mm-hmm. We understand. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you say is your favorite character? Um, Lilo is Ooh. my favorite character ever. Like, I identify so hardcore with that girl more than any other Disney character. <laughs> like, just a girl who's super family-oriented, but just a little bit off. Yeah. When she goes and things out with literally anybody else, that's, like, me in a nutshell. And I just love that, like, her family is so supportive of who she is. And, like, she's just kind of figuring out how to maneuver a world that doesn't necessarily understand her all the time. And she's still just so happy. Yeah. You know? I like, I like Lilo. She's funny. Definitely underrated. Stitch gets the, all the all the attention. It's true. So, uh, what is your favorite Disney movie? If you need to break it down into categories, you can, because most people do. I know it's hard. (laughs) Well, funny thing, I love Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) It's one of the best Disney movies, in my opinion, just visually and just musically. It is an amazing film. Um, And without getting too far into it, because that's what this whole episode is, I also love Lilo and Stitch because of the, like, the visual, I love watercolors. So, like, everything that went on with just how unique it is that every background is watercolors and stuff like that to kind of give it the real, like, Hawaiian Polynesian vibe was really, really cool. Yeah. So, I also love Lilo and Stitch. Awesome. You reined that in very well. We'll be hearing a lot more from you. (laughs) So what is your favorite Disney park? So I've never been to any park that's not in California. Um, And I've worked in Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure Park. So it feels wrong picking one. I don't know that I can because I feel like a traitor. That's fine. That's That's fine. California parks. Disneyland Resort as there a whole, I guess. There we go. That's yeah. acceptable. Yeah, that is. Um, and lastly, what is your favorite Disney memory? 
My favorite Disney memory would definitely be from, my mom's going to kill me if I get this wrong. It's either my 7th or my 11th birthday. I was a child, you know, just 7 or 11. But it was the first time I got to go to the Disney parks with just me and none of my siblings. And my mom, like, took me on a train and we got to go to Anaheim together. And I got to pick everything I did. And the first, like, we show up um, to the parks and I didn't realize, because, you know, I'm a child, that I share the same birthday as the movie Alice in Wonderland, oh. um, July 28th. So they were having, like, this big celebration for Alice in Wonderland's birthday. And I walk into the park with my birthday. Um, it wasn't a button yet. It was still a sticker. So I walk in with my birthday sticker. And Alice sees my sticker and runs up to me and grabs me and starts dancing with me and the Mad Hatter with the Disneyland band playing music. That's awesome. And oh. it's just the coolest thing ever, and we have pictures of it. It's my favorite memory. That's so cool. That is cool. I, I feel like more of that kind of stuff happens at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. another reason that Disneyland Park is maybe a little better. So, I like it. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, as Alex mentioned, today we're going to be discussing Sleeping Beauty. It's a big one. It is a big one. And I have to say that I haven't seen this movie in years since the other day. Start like since yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie for a long time. Like I never considered it one of my favorites. I wasn't like, it wasn't one that I would go back to and watch all the time. Like Cinderella or it kind of was on the same level as Snow White for me. Um, before we did the Snow White episode and Sarah Brookhart, shout out to Sarah Brookhart, changed my mind about Snow White. <laughs> she showed us the, the <laughs> white light. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can understand the, the love that's there for Snow. And I think that now, like literally, I don't think I've watched this movie since I was probably in high school, maybe. So um, being a graphic designer and watching this film again, I really loved it. Like, it was just visually stunning. Yeah. And I didn't remember that about it. Like, I just remembered the fact that Sleeping Beauty didn't say many lines. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I liked the songs, but, like, they weren't my favorite songs ever. But, like, I didn't hate them. But, I like, they weren't, again, like, Cinderella to me. You know, like, Cinderella, like, mm -hmm. was my princess. So, like, um... But watching it now, again, I'm kind of sad that I missed out on so many years of watching it. Because it was really, it's really good. So, on that note, it's time for the 30 second Disney Dash. Are you going? And first? I'm going to get this over with. As always? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Neither of us. I mean, Meg never does, but I didn't prepare anything either because I forgot. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Alright, on your mark. Get set. Go. The king and queen have a baby and name her Princess Aurora, and then three fairies come to give her gifts. They give her the gift of beauty, the gift of song, and then Maleficent comes and curses her that she's going to die when she's 16. She pricks her finger on a um, yarn thing. I can't remember what it's called. A spindle. And then, <laughs> and then Meriwether gives her a gift that she wouldn't die when she does it. She'll just be put into a slumber until her true love's first kiss. And she lives in the forest until she's 16, and then Diablo the raven finds her, and then she comes back to the castle. <laughs> There's too much that goes on. Mm. <laughs> she's so sad. Because I actually, like, 
know the storyline of this movie. I think your problem was getting hung up on the yarn thing. Probably. A spindle. A spindle. <laughs> the uh, 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 yarn thing. Alright, who would like to go next? I mean, I'll go next. Alright. So before we started recording, Alex was like, I'm stoked for next Disney Day. I'm excited for this. Alright, you ready? I'm sure it'll be better than mine. <laughs> we should make her go last, but she can go. On your mark, get set, go. Think we have a daughter named Warm. Lipstick gets matched. She wasn't invited to the party. She curses the young princess. When she turns 16, she'll perk her finger and fall into a deep sleep. King, queen, send her to live in the forest with the fairies. She grows up in the for- forest, unaware that the fairies have powers. She meets a man in the forest. Awesome song makes them fall in love. Pink, blue, pink, blue. Raven sees magic, tells Maleficent. Fairies take rare rose home. Maleficent tricks her into perking her finger, falls asleep. Fairies take me- make the entire kingdom fall asleep to wait for their princess. Philip gets kidnapped with the help of the fairies. Prince Philip escapes and defeats the dragon. True love breaks the spell. Aurora and the kingdom wake up. Philip and Aurora dance in the clouds and live happily ever after the end. 27 wow. seconds. Woo! <laughs> Mic drop. Oh my <laughs> god. That was incredible. That was good. Oh. That was should, great. I don't think Envy. Alex saw because she was reading, but all three of us, our eyes just got huge because she's like, <laughs> she sounds like she sounds like the end of like a radio commercial and they're trying to fit in all yeah. the stuff. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That was the accurate description. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Rory, do you want to go next or last? Yeah, I'll go. Okay, I'll go. good. You can follow that up because mine's not going to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get ready. Sit. Go. Aurora cursed as a child by the evil Maleficent lives with three fairies in the woods as Briar Rose. On her 16th birthday, she literally meets the man of her dreams but has to go be a princess. Maleficent succeeds in her curse and Aurora and the rest of the kingdom fall in a deep sleep while true love, Prince Philip, gets kidnapped. He's rescued by the fairies and with their help defeats Maleficent in dragon form. True love's kiss awakens the princess and the kingdom and we're left debating if the dress should be pink or blue. <laughs> 22. That was Ooh, so good. That, that, was that, was, good. Was, that was cute. Can I use that? Oh yeah. Because it's already up. I'm <laughs> I closed it on you. I'm sorry. Oh, this is gonna be bad. I hate when I don't prepare one. <laughs> All right, are you ready? No. Set. Go. All right, there's a daughter that's born to the king and the queen, the princess. That's what it is. And she gets cursed by Maleficent to die on her 16th birthday, so the fairies hide her away. But doesn't work because on her 16th birthday she almost dies anyway, but she really falls into deep sleep, which means she loves first kiss. So Philip fights Maleficent as a dragon and then saves the day. 17 seconds. That was good. Boom. No, what was good was everybody else's. <laughs> um, I didn't even get all of mine out. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're nice and detailed. <laughs> all, right. all right. Are we ready for some history on good old Aurora? Yep. Okay. Sleeping Beauty uh, was released to theaters on January 29th of 1959. It was the 16th Disney animated feature film. Um, it was based on The Sleeping Beauty by Charles Perrault. So this was the last Disney adaption of a fairy tale for 30 years um, because its initial mixed critical reception and underperformance at the box office made them scared to return to the genre. Uh, they didn't return to it until after Walt Disney died with the release of The Little Mermaid in 1989. Whew. So, this little fun fact, like, I never realized this, and it kind of surprised me, because, like, in my mind, like, I don't know why I didn't know this, because, like, I know the the princess stories, and, like, when they came out and everything, but, like, to me, Walt 
like, created this genre and, like, made this genre thrive, and, like, that's not really true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it actually, I mean, really what made this specific type of animated feature film thrive was the the renaissance the disney renaissance Mm -hmm. little mermaid aladdin um lion king yeah i mean like the big hitters that's i guess it is a love story okay you're all right i was like that's not a princess movie katie (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't know like about like hearing that like we're we're like in the 50s still yeah and like we're done with princess films now for the rest of walt's life that's crazy. That just, like, really shocked me. I don't know. It just didn't hit me until I read that. Well, you don't think about it either, because, like, all of these films were already released, even The Little Mermaid, before we were born. So to you, like, they're all just there. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rory. <laughs> I think the... I want to say the only one that wasn't released before I was born <coughs> was The Little Mermaid, and the ones we've done so far. But, like, I was born in 90, so it's not we're not that far off. Little Mermaid's 1989. I know, I'm saying, like, it's oh, not, no, like, no, Aladdin, I, I was, I was alive when Aladdin, and, and Beauty and the Beast, and all those. I was saying, like, more of, like, the classic princesses. Those are classic princesses. <sighs> oh. Um, <laughs> so it features the voices <laughs> of Mary Costa, Eleanor Audley, Verna Felton, Barbara Luddy, Barbara Jo Allen, Bill Shirley, Taylor Holmes, and Bill Thompson. And it was directed, it's got a lot of directors, it was directed by Les Clark, Eric Larson, and Wolfgang Reitherman under the supervision of Clyde Geronimo. Geronimo! (laughs) With additional (laughs) story work, still by Joe Rinaldi, Winston Mm. Hibbler, Bill Pete, Ted Sears, Ralph Wright, and Milt Banta. So the musical score and songs, um were arrangements or adaptions of the numbers from the 1890 Sleeping Beauty Ballet by Tchaikovsky. Um, Pretty famous dude. However, unlike the previous feature films, this was the first Disney feature film that did not have the same background animation material, but instead with new background animation material. Um, So this film was photographed in the Super Technorama 70 widescreen process, uh just like Lady and the Tramp was a couple years before this. Um, And it was the, oh, I just said, that was the second animated, full-length animated feature film to be filmed this way, like Lady and the Tramp. And the film was presented in Super Technorama 70 and six-channel stereophonic sound in first-run engagements. So, like, again, Walt going all out with, like, the newest technology, newest everything, even though... Well, Katie, I'll get into it, but this film took forever to make. <laughs> yeah. So, like, still keeping up to date with, as he does, all the newest stuff to make sure that it sounds and looks as good as it can. It's worth it. I don't know. It wasn't, though, was it? Because it didn't even <laughs> make any money. <laughs> it's a fan favorite nowadays. Oh, I mean, it's definitely made its money back now, but, you know, Whoa. back yeah. then it ha- did not. All right, you ready for some fun facts? Finally. There's a lot. A lot. And finally, actual fun facts. I'm excited. There's been too many movies where they haven't been fun. All right, so the whole running gag where they're fighting over pink, blue, pink, blue, that actually came from the filmmaker not actually being able to decide whether he wanted this dress to be pink or blue. I have to say, I like it pink better. 
I don't like pink, and I like it pink better. <laughs> Uh-oh, Rory likes blue. Oh, Alex <laughs> likes blue. You know what it's I find okay, we're weird, 50-50. Clearly, it was a good thing that they put both colors in there. <laughs> I find it weird, though, that, like, when you see, like, an image of Sleeping Beauty, she's always pink, pink. But she's, she's all- actually in blue for most of the film. Yeah. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I have so many feelings about the dress. <laughs> you can go for it if you want to do fun. Just blue is correct. Just blue is correct. I'm sorry. I know why they keep it pink so that she looks different from Cinderella and advertisements mm. and it's easy for kids to, you know, differentiate it. Yeah. But like blue is her dress for pretty much everything. When she falls asleep, when she wakes up, everything. The only mm-hmm. thing that's pink is the original sketch and when they're dancing in the clouds and like switching it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think they should have gone for, like, the combo one. The accidental combo Maybe they should have just made it purple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) I love the color purple, too. Where were we at that time? You know, not even a thought. I should have (laughs) listened. So, uh, Princess Aurora's body shape, long, thin, kind of willowy, was inspired by Audrey Hepburn. Makes sense. thought that was kind of cool. So, second only to Dumbo back in 41, who didn't speak at all. Um, this Disney character, Princess Aurora, only had about 18 lines of actual dialogue through the whole film. And she only appears in the film for 18 minutes. The film is actually more about the three fairies who are protecting her, not about Sleeping Beauty herself. I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. shout out to the fairies. They're my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> if, I agree. If I'm being honest. Yes. So, question. Do we know, and I think I know the answer, but do we know, does Aurora have more lines in her film than Ariel has in her film? Where, you know, <laughs> she's actually, like, struck, like, mute for the majority of the film. <laughs> fascinating question I need an answer to this Uh, I need to know that too I'm gonna go ahead and just guess yes I think Ariel has more lines yeah I think I think Ariel does too yeah Ariel's more of like the chatty teenager oh definitely Aurora's Mm -hmm. more like she's more of like the prince well and like Ariel is the lead character the entire time yeah you know yeah yeah that's true Whereas, like, the beginning of this movie, Aurora's a baby, so she's not speaking. And then it's all about, it's no about the fairies. Yeah, right. That's no excuse. <laughs> they don't even show her as a baby, though. No, it's just, like, a bundle of blankets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so her first line is spoken 19 minutes into the film. And her last line is after she finds out about her betrothal, which is about 39 minutes in. And the, the movie's about an hour and 15 minutes. So she's done talking pretty early. <laughs> she starts late and then she's done quick. Well, she sleeps through the whole damn movie. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that yarn thing. Um, but she does sing two songs, so I don't think that's included. Um, the very last sound that she makes in the movie is when she's at the castle and she's crying about never seeing her true love again. And like, I know you're not supposed to laugh at that part, but her cries sound like not her cries. They sound like they're supposed to be comical to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't so much laugh at the part where she's crying. I just think that like whenever they have her go into that trance and her eyes are all oh wide, God. I kind of laugh oh a little bit at that part. I'm like, oh, 
You look funny. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in a trance, you're gonna look funny. I know, I know. It just makes me laugh a little bit. Like, I know that it's a really bad thing that she's, like, going after this green orb that is Maleficent, but, like, her face and, like, the green light on it, it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. I'll talk about my favorite Aurora face later when we talk about our favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, in the traditional Italian version... Sleeping Beauty is named Princess Aurora, but in the German version, she's named Briar Rose. So in this version, they put she's the both. two together. One's, like, undercover, one's her real name. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know why I always assumed that Aurora was, like, a French story. I don't know. French? Did well, you, I think... Okay, let's look back at Pinocchio. Oh, we're stop. Still no, I'm not kidding. Like, that is definitely German. I don't know what anybody's talking no, about. No, Pinocchio's it being Italian. Italian. No, that's a lie. Pinocchio's Italian. That's a lie. I, I had to read it in Italian. <laughs> His name is Italian class. <laughs> like, what? Okay, but tell me why in Disney World you can eat at Pinocchio Village House, spelled H-A-U-S, and it's German-themed, and Pinocchio wears Lederhosen. Because it takes place in Germany, but it's an Italian story. See, now that's just confusing. Okay, that's confusing. (laughs) That's confusing. It's European. (laughs) We don't know what's happening over there half the time. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, so it's an Italian story that takes place in Germany. That makes more sense. But, like, that is still confusing. It is very confusing. Because, you know, Geppetto, Figaro, Italian, Pinocchio, Mm -hmm. Italian. Stromboli. (laughs) Italian. Maybe they immigrated. No. Maybe. Okay, Maybe. that's fine. All right. I accept it, it, that. It's like Little Italy in Germany. I accept that as canon to Pinocchio. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the end of an era has come to grown-up kids. We now accept Pinocchio as it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because Disneyland Paris has her castle. But like, so does Disneyland. I don't know why I assumed that. I don't know. Don't ask me. I whatever brains do funny things sometimes yeah well in the um in the french library because i also thought that little Mer- or sorry sleeping beauty was french um and part of the reason i did is in the french library in epcot there's a um book that's la belle demande or something like that which yeah. is sleeping beauty in french and i just assumed that that was the original title and Went with that. I'm fairly so. certain that you meet Aurora in the Fran- France Pavilion. You as do. Well. Okay, so I'm not totally crazy. No. Disney just like wants us to have these horrible arguments about. They want origins. us to be super confused. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, they have a Germany and an Italian pavilion. <laughs> Why do we meet her in the France Pavilion then? <laughs> and Italy, the Italian pavilion doesn't have any good character meet and greet. Yeah. I don't know. That Disney. You need to get in there and start making some changes. Listen, yep. you over there, you, I don't care if you live in Germany, go meet in Italy, all right? <laughs> I mean, they've got Belle, they've got Marie, they've got a ton of people that they can meet and greet in France. All right. All right. Next fun fact. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Audley, who is one of Walt Disney's favorite voice actors voice artist. She's most memorable for Lady Tremaine in Cinderella. Um, She So she does voice Maleficent in this film. She initially turned the part down, and Walt was pretty surprised about this, but it was because she was battling tuberculosis. So Mm. she kind of had pretty good reason. But she got better. It was okay. She ended up accepting it. 
Um, but I apparently she's also the voice of Madame Leota in the Haunted Mansion ride at California or Disneyland California. I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. That's like cool. now I hear it. Is Madame Leota a different voice artist in World? No. Okay, I didn't think so, but it's just weird that like the the fact that you you like wrote specifically Disneyland. Yeah. Hey, that's what it said. Go that's talk to I IMDb. <laughs> yes. I also, um, I used to work at Splash Mountain, so like a lot of my friends worked on Haunted Mansion, and they always had all those cool fun facts. And one of the fun facts is that they always, I don't know if this is true, but they always said that the girl who does Leota for the holiday version is her daughter. Oh, huh. that would be cool. So like, I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what they tell people when they do like walkthrough tours and stuff. Hmm. That's cool. So I always thought that was so cool. That is cool. So is that the one we would have heard? That's really cool. Yeah, we would have heard that one because yeah. we went in October. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk about that ride forever. <laughs> oh, man. Also, Rory and I both worked in the merch at Splash Mountain and World. He said, so. hey. Yes. <laughs> friends. Critter Country. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's in Critter Country in Disneyland. We're Frontierland. <laughs> We're Frontierland. <laughs> did you, did you work the actual <laughs> ride? Yeah, I was an attractions cast member for my first college program. Yeah, that ride literally tried to kill me at Disneyland. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. We won't compare Splash Mountains on this podcast because I don't think Alex will like my Those are fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we. I think we. I think she might be um, o- over overrun by you and me, Meg. <laughs> She's like, I can handle you. Bring it. <laughs> you heard my stop. dash, okay? That's how fast I talk. When I'm <laughs> Meg, I don't know how you knew this unless you read my fun facts, which is fine. I just don't know. How did you know that Maleficent's pet raven was named Diablo? Because I read your fun facts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not mentioned in the film, but that's his actual name. I actually, though, after I read it, I was like, you know, I think I did know that. Not to, like, you know, I think I knew it. It may, I don't know if I did or not, but it sounded familiar. Well, I didn't, so it was new to me. Isn't, I thought that, isn't the raven in Haunted Mansion named Diablo? Maybe that's where I heard it from. That raven, like, has a name in Haunted Mansion that, like, because it was supposed to be a bigger character in the ride. Like, it was... a narrator. Yeah, it was supposed to narrate through the entire thing, but then they never did that. They had the ghost host do it. I don't remember the raven's name. That would be kind of interesting, especially because the raven seems like it's buddies with Madame Leota, and this raven's buddies with Maleficent, and it's the same voice. Truth. Like, well, Google. while you continue, I'm going to Google it. Okay. Can I have your phone <laughs> ever have mine? Yeah. So, the scene where Aurora and Philip are dancing, it was actually rejected by Walt several times. It had to be done four times, and it almost bankrupted the studio in the process. So, here's picky Walt. But... It always comes out with something beautiful, so they probably, like, hated his guts for a long time. Like, I don't want to draw this scene again, but, you know, he's the boss, so. Meg, Hidden Mickey. I know, I read that. I was like, oh, I need to watch it again. I didn't see it. I know. So the fairies are discussing how to help the king and queen, and Meriwether makes cookies in the shape of Mickey Mouse. Actually, now that I just read that, I can picture it. Really? She, like, magics up a cookie really quick. While they're drink- drinking tea, while they talk. It is Mickey. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
So some sound effect fun facts. So a flamethrower was used to create the dragon breath sound effect. Um, and I didn't know what these were, but I looked them up. Castanets were used for the sound of the snapping jaw. So that's like, yeah, it's like those little, they almost <laughs> look like um, clams, almost. They're used in like Spanish dancing. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you don't know what I'm talking about by now, go look it up and you'll be like, oh, I got it. So at the yes. So fun fun <laughs> fact about the raven. I can't. Oh, its name was Lucifer, but that's funny too, though. Yeah, it is because the raven's original audio that was recorded but never used was by Eleanor Audley. She did the raven's voice as well. Oh, so Ooh. Because she, it was somewhere. I it has. To, yeah, I would assume. I because oh I, I remember. I can't remember who told me that, but somebody was like, "Yeah, did you know that they recorded audio for the Raven?" And like he was supposed to narrate, or she, I guess, because Eleanor Audley did it, was supposed to narrate the entire thing, and that's why the Raven is literally put in every single room that you go into. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then they decided against it for whatever reason. I gotta hear that sometime, man. Yeah, I wonder if, like, it's deep in the interwebs somewhere we can find yeah. it. <laughs> if anybody knows, please send it to us. We'd yeah. be super interested. So, at the time, Sleeping Beauty was the most expensive Disney animation. Um, it was a hit when it was released, but it still didn't gross enough to recoup that $6 million bill. Jeez. Woo-hoo. Yeah. In 1959, too, $6 million. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> a lot of money. I bet Roy Jeez, cried wow. every day. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Roy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Meg, you'll like this. The prince is named after Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, and That's husband awesome. of Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain, as well as Prince Philip of yeah, Belgium. Who cares? And, uh, no, just the Duke of Edinburgh. Duke of Edinburgh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the crown. Oh, I love that show. show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that show. Mm-hmm. We gotta. We haven't watched it in a while. We gotta. I know. Again. We literally have no life. <laughs> we do have a life. We're doing it right now. True. <laughs> <laughs> so Walt suggested that the three fairies should actually look alike, but Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, those are two an- the animators. They were like, uh, that wouldn't be as exciting. And also, the original idea included seven fairies instead of three, Ooh. as it was in the original fairy tale. That would have been way too much. Oh yeah. And I love their different personalities. Because last night I was like, I think this one's my favorite. And then I was like, no, this one. And I was like, oh, I can't pick. Like, they're all so cute in their own way. Is it Flora or Fauna who makes the cake? Fauna. 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 Fauna does. She's my favorite. It's her closely followed by Meriwether. Yeah. Oh. Meriwether is oh, so stubborn. I love her. Yes. <laughs> She's a little spitfire. Her sass is everything. <laughs> yeah. They're kind yeah. of... They're kind of like the Powerpuff Girls, or even like the same colors. You're right. Roy but. is like dying you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm Although, trying to, like, Bubbles is blue, and she's works. like the sweet, sweet one, and that would be Fauna instead. So they're a little mixed up. I used to love them, okay? All right, moving on. <laughs> Um, so, Sleeping Beauty was in production at the Disney Studios for nearly a decade. It's crazy. So, the story work began in 1951. Voices were recorded in 1952. Um, animation took place between 53 and 58. 
the stereophonic score was recorded in 57, and then finally, the movie was released in 1959. Whew. That's crazy. That's a lot. And we know that Walt likes to take his time on projects because he won't just release anything just to release it. Yeah. Um... But Normally he has, like, a really good reason, though. Um, not that this isn't a good reason or whatever, but, like, normally it's, like, oh, a lot of the, his stories got pushed back because of, like, the war, right? So, like, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Whereas this one was literally just, he was so picky about certain scenes, he had them redo it over and over and over again, and got put on the back burner for whatever reason. I don't know why, because the live actions that came out in this time were terrible, so he has no <laughs> excuse. <laughs> They're getting better. They really are. Yeah, but, like, while this was being made, they were terrible. Yeah. From 51 to 59? <laughs> yeah. No, not a fan of the 50s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, Meg. I'm you. just being honest. <laughs> I they're, know, I'd rather you be honest. They're racist. They're n- They're not engaging. I'm not a fan. But this, good way to wrap up the 50s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ended on true. a high note with Sleeping Beauty. It's true. For the first time on a Disney animated feature, one man was in charge of color styling, background design, and the overall look of the film. And he even you did. Can tell. Yes, he even did a majority of the painting, like production in the background. So that would be Ivan Earl. I like his name. Ivan. Um, so his <laughs> modern approach gave the film like a bold and very unique art style. Many of his colleagues weren't fans of it because it took longer to make. So his backgrounds. His painted backgrounds took about seven to ten days to make, but normally a typical animation background took one day to make. So you can see them being like, really? Like, do we have to do this? Um, But he also, Earl also made the book in the beginning. It was handmade. Um, And you can still see it at public events sometimes. They, They re, what's the word I'm looking for? They like spruced it up. Refurbished? Uh, Refurbished, yeah. They refurbished it in 2008. Nice. So it still makes appearances. Where is it now? I don't want to go see it. It didn't tell me. Lame. (laughs) Um, I remember this fact when we did Snow White. Yeah. I think. Or Cinderella. Or maybe both. I think we brought it up in both. And I wanted to bring it up again because I love, because we're doing this whole sequence, I love like finding these facts that connect all over the place that you wouldn't know otherwise. So Walt toyed with the idea of having a royal couple dancing in the clouds as a finale. And he thought about that for Snow White. He thought about that for Cinderella. Um, It was finally used in Sleeping Beauty. It was also reused in Beauty and the Beast and Princess and the Frog. And a similar sort of appearance happened in Bongo and Fun and Fancy Free. I don't either. Bongo is in Fun and Fancy Free, isn't it? Oh, a segment in Fun and Fancy Free. It would help if I read my actual notes. (laughs) I don't really remember that from Bongo, though. bongo is that the one where they all it's smack the bird, each other or not the bird the, the bear. bear is that where they really smack yes. each other yeah that was a weird that was a weird short man that feels like a very long time ago yep so this film was super detailed because it took 24 drawn images to make up one second of movement on the film so imagine doing that dancing sequence that got rejected four times. Oh my god. Um, this goes along with the blue, pink, blue, pink. Walt was super insistent to the animators that this film could not... Oh wait, that's not blue, pink, that's Cinderella. Could not be like Snow White. So I don't know, they could have done blue for the dress. <laughs> I was gonna say they couldn't because it's like Cinderella. Oh yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he just didn't want that storyline again. So, 
Uh, the Disneyland Castle was named for this film, even though the park opened four years prior to the film's release. So to help, to help promote the film, the Imagineers working on the new Disneyland project modeled the castle after the one in the film. Bill Shirley and Mary Costa auditioned together to make sure that their voices complemented each other, which I think is smart. Yeah. Because the other day, our friend Sarah, um, what were we listening to? Christmas music, and it was like, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah, and it was um, the version from Elf, where it's Zoe Deschanel, and she's with this guy with this, like, ridiculously deep voice that yeah. just does not mesh with hers, and, like, it just ruins the entire version of the song. Yeah, so, smart. I like Bill Shirley's voice a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like Philip. Like, I think he yeah. might be my favorite prince. I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maleficent's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maleficent's, like, look was inspired by Myla uh, Nermi, uh, her character Vampira, who took most of her inspiration from Morticia Adams, and coincidentally, the evil queen from Makes Snow White. Sense. So it's all intertwined here, which I like a lot. Maleficent is literally the most evil person in the entire world. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Like, I, everyone always... Because I'm not... Not that I don't like the villains, but, I, like, you know, a lot of people, that's their thing. They love the Disney And, villains. like, Maleficent mm-hmm. is so hugely popular. And now I get it. Because yeah. I actually, like, absorbed it. She's, like, B.A. in a bad way. But, like, <laughs> I have to say here quickly, since we're talking about Maleficent, the reason why I'm not a super huge fan of the film Maleficent is because it, like, almost makes you feel bad for her. <laughs> And I'm like, no, do not feel bad for Maleficent. She is just a bee. Yes. (laughs) I, like, I liked it, but, like, visually it was pretty and everything, and, like, I liked that about it, but, like, the whole storyline, I was just like, no. No. I don't like it. Doesn't add anything to the story for me. We'll get there eventually. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the last Disney feature to have cells inked by hand. So, from 101 Dalmatians onward, it was cleaned up pencil drawings that were Xeroxed onto the cells. So, that's really sad. We're, like, at the end of an era. Yeah, kind of. Like, if you, and if you think about it, what? Princess and the Frog is the last hand-drawn princess film that we got. But then they went back to it for the one Winnie the Pooh film. So, the one, it was just Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. The one Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think 2011, maybe, is when that one came out. I can't believe that that came out that long ago. But um, that was the last time that they ever did hand-drawn animation. So from 1959 to 2011, they made them the same way, though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, in 2011, it was sprinkled in with a lot of computer animation as well. But... But they still did one. But I just think of, like, watching that one where it was, like, behind the scenes and you saw them painting the the cell. The reluctant Bambi. dragon. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wow, like, that's so cool. And, like, you can tell the difference, you know? Like, yeah, sure, computer animated is going to look awesome. But just yeah. to know that it was hand-touched like that is just so cool. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. I want another one just like that. I know. I have to say, though, 101 Dalmatians. <sighs> is artistically beautiful, so they made it work. (laughs) This may be the most random fun fact I've ever pulled. This is the only Disney movie with square trees. (laughs) They have square trees in Disneyland Paris around the castle. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, I thought of that as 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 soon as you read it. 
Oh my god. They really, it really is Sleeping Beauty's castle in <laughs> in Paris. Paris. <laughs> See, she's French. Clearly. <laughs> According to the Platinum Edition of the DVD, Meriwether's original gift to Aurora was going to be happiness. Oh, that's very nice of her. Mm-hmm. But, but I think saving her life is a good option. <laughs> yes. That led to happiness anyway. Yeah. So. And last but not least, Queen Leah is the first mother of a Disney princess to be alive during the film. And that won't happen again until we get to Mul- Mulan in oh 1998. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <sighs> Unless you count Marie, because she's clearly a princess. And Duchess Marie is Marie and Duchess. No. <laughs> Not the same thing? No. <laughs> All right. Whew, wow. I'm done talking for a little bit. Your turn. There we go. All righty. <laughs> Character profiles. Uh, so we are back to sorting our characters because we got yelled at from some listeners. They missed it. So Aurora slash Briar Rose... Um, obviously is the main character of the film. She... Does she have a laughing place? Does not have a laughing place. That was really <laughs> random. Why did you say that? Briar Rose. Oh. 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 Guys, are you awake? Wow. Come on. <laughs> that was good. Wow. <laughs> I just kind of was like staring at you like, what is that connection? <laughs> I get it now. Okay. That's usually how she stares at me when I make a joke. (laughs) So, Aurora, as we've said, she doesn't have a lot of lines in the film, but that doesn't mean that we, like, don't get her personality. We get, I think we understand her character pretty well. Um, she is very loyal to the fairies. Like, they are a nice, like, harmonious, happy family in the forest. She trusts them. Um, she, for the most part, she, um, but she's also just a typical teenager at the same time, you know, like it's kind of, it's interesting. Cause you know, the last time I watched this, I probably was supposed to be her age. And then like before that, like you watch these movies whenever you're little. So like to me, 16 is like really old. Whenever you're watching it, when you're little, you're like, oh, she's old. She's 16. <laughs> but like yeah. in reality, that's super young. And if you yeah. think about like yourself at 16, I probably would have thrown a fit, too, if, like, they told me that I couldn't be with this random guy that I fell in love with in the forest. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I like, I like Aurora a lot. Um, I think that her, obviously, she still, like, has the typical Disney princess tendencies of love at first sight, which... I don't know. This is just personal opinion. I don't think that exists. So, <laughs> sorry to make anybody sad. Wow. I think that I think that wow. lust at first sight exists, but Ooh, maybe no, not. I, love you. At first I think sight. connection at first sight. Okay, like yeah, she was connected Spark. to Philip. I understand that. Have you ever yeah. seen Hotel Transylvania? There are zings. Okay. Zing. Zing. They okay. zing. Yes. That's fine. I can accept that. Yeah, but that kind of, like, a lot of, like, like, that always kind of bothers me with the Disney princess movies, like, Snow White, Cinderella, like, all the same thing. It's like, oh, I've known you for five minutes, I want to marry you. Like, you know, typical Disney princess stuff. But I just feel like their story, like, Philip is more developed, I think, than some of the other princesses oh, that we've seen. Far. So, like, I can understand it a little bit more because, like, Philip is cool mm-hmm. and handsome and he has a really good voice. 
and I love his little hat with his feather. Um, and I'm sorry, but that part with the owl wearing his outfit with the little bunnies in his boots is like the best part of the film. Cutest thing ever. Yes. So on that note, where would we place Aurora? Ooh. I kind of, I kind of want to say, uh, I don't know. She's so, mm. I kind of have an opinion. Okay, go for yes. it. I would put her in Hufflepuff. That's Same. what I was about to say, but so, I wasn't sure. <laughs> so one of the cool things when watching the movie that I realized, because you know how I feel about Rapunzel. Yes. Um, yes. And I was watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's like the OG Rapunzel. Here she is walking out in the forest with no shoes on. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't, re- I, I didn't remember that. I remember, I, like, I thought Rapunzel was the first, um, I mean, I guess Pocahontas. Well, you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you are just blinded for your love of Rapunzel. It's really fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, she 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 has such like a, a a kind soul that like you know she's talking to the animals in the forest, and that's just so Hufflepuff. And I, I can't put her in Ravenclaw because. She clearly has no wisdom whatsoever. <laughs> um, it comes to, you know, spinning wheels. Well, Sorry. yeah, was, uh, she yeah. was hypnotized. To be <laughs> fair, uh, true. I, I was just, I was just mad at the fairies at the beginning because I thought, like, okay, beauty, lo- beauty song, great. Someone want to give her wisdom? Anyone? Anyone? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. No, I go for Hufflepuff. I think I agree. I agree, and I want to snowball on the Rapunzel thing, because as we were watching it, Meg was like, this feels like Rapunzel, but, like, backwards almost. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they sent her away on purpose, Rapunzel was stolen. Right, yeah, like, was she was cool, a princess, though. and she's kind of like, she's not a lost princess, but she's a princess that nobody knows where she is, so she's kind of lost, right. you know? But then, like, she comes back. Like, it was meant to be, whereas Rapunzel, it was, like, a surprise. Yeah. But I thought that the parallels to the story of Rapunzel were very, um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's also really interesting, because they're both so celebrated by their people. Yeah. Like, there's literally an entire song called Hail to the Princess Aurora. (laughs) Like, they love her. Yeah. And then, like, they have a mosaic, and people, like leave stuff in Rapunzel to, like, the lost princess. Like, they're both so beloved. Yeah. And they both have, like, hair of sunshine. They do. Mm-hmm. Rapunzel's And they both have two longer. living parents. Yeah, they yep. do both have two living parents. And the kings look very similar, actually. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Disney, are you just recycling stories? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it, but, right? <laughs> they're, they're drastically different, though, at the same time. As alike as they are, they're very different. Yeah. But I just, yeah, seeing it, it was like, wow, I never noticed that before. Very cool. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to snowball again with the Rapunzel thing just because more, more things that came. <laughs> Go for I'd it. be disappointed like, if you didn't. Because, like, you also have the horse who yes. is kind of very much like Maximus, except he's on his carrots, which is kind of like Sven. But, you yep. know, um, so you have that. And then I remember even watching it, too. I was thinking, like, with Prince Philip, because, like, he's kind of awesome. And then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my, I was kind of like, oh, he reminds me of, like, you know, like, like, like Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, like, the more I watched it, I'm like, okay, yeah. this makes this makes sense. This is good. At yeah. least, like, okay, I promise. 
wasn't done now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got Phillips' nose right. They did get Phillips' nose right. There's not much shape to it, but it looks pretty perfect. Yeah. They got Phillips' everything right. <laughs> they did. <laughs> the best prince ever. The only thing they didn't get right, though, is the costume he wears in the p- Disney parks. Oh, I, know. I don't know what that hot pink puffy sleeve mess is. <laughs> I'm sorry. He wears like a chest plate and a cape and like these great pa- He looks poppin' in yeah. the animated movie. And then yeah. in the, I don't know what they're thinking in the parks. I have asked oh. multiple character hosts about this. They're like, yeah, it's just the outfit. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. God, that's funny. Yeah. Well, do we want to just go to Prince Philip and then I'll go back to the other ones that I'm skipping since sure. we're talking about I him? So, Katie did give me a fun fact here. Uh, the first is the animated film where the prince, Prince Philip, takes an active role in defeating the main villain. So, the evil queen slash witch fell off of a cliff in Snow White. Lady Tremaine uh, was left with her daughters after Cinderella married her prince, who did nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> Philip actually kills Maleficent in the film. Like, he and Katie, for love, man. Katie was so funny. She's like, <gasps> there's blood. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. I was so shocked. Um, yeah, Philip is awesome. Yes. He, I do, I have to say, I do remember always liking Philip, even as a child. Um, even though I didn't like watch this film a million times, I always liked Prince Philip because I loved how he fought the dragon. That was what I said. I was like, oh, he fought the dragon. As I just, like, remember loving that part of the movie. Um, and I'm gonna go Gryffindor with him, yes. because, I mean, yeah. he's so brave. He clearly has to, like, well, he has some help from the fairies, but in that same sense, it almost reminds me of Harry a little bit, because, yeah. like, Harry yeah. always gets help from Dumbledore or somebody to, like, make it yeah. better, I love make that it happen. He accepts help from the fairies. He does. Yeah. I like that. But he's absolutely the entire movie thinking with his heart and not his head, which is a thousand percent Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, even whenever he... It's brave to go up to his father and say, I'm not marrying this woman you betrothed me to. I'm going to marry the woman that I fell in love with in the forest. Spoiler, it's the same person. <sighs> it is. <laughs> but it great, man. he doesn't know that. And to, know. like, be... To go up to his dad... Who, and, you know, like, back in those times, they say, what, this is the 14th century? Yeah. Right? Because he's like, father, line. it's the 14th century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Um... Okay, I have... We can put King Stefan and Queen Leah, right, together. So, King Stefan and Queen Leah. I think that both of them are Ravenclaws. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say Ravenclaws slash maybe a little bit of Gryffindor because it's pretty brave of them and wise of them to try to come up with a plan to um, outsmart Maleficent. And keep their daughter safe. And I think that that takes a lot of wisdom and a lot of courage to do that. Um, And also bravery and courage to be willing to part with her. Even though that's very hard and, like, they couldn't raise her. um, They did it so that she could survive. Yeah. I agree. I agree. 100%. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) So shout out to all of our Ravenclaws who think that we don't sort enough people into Ravenclaw. I think that the king and queen are both Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anybody want to add anything else to that? Sorry. 
I do have a fun fact about Queen Leah, though. Go for it. So, a fun fact about Queen Leah is that they don't actually say her name Mm -hmm. in the movie anywhere. It's just King Stefan and the Queen. Even in the book at the beginning, it just says King Stefan and the Queen. I noticed It took me so long to figure it out. I wondered where you got Queen Leah from in your fun facts, and honestly, that's why I didn't put her in the characters, because I didn't know her first name, and I didn't want to just say the queen, so I'm glad that you it's put her name in there. Yeah. It it's how she's credited in everything, though. Queen Leah, but it's never hmm. said in the movie. It just makes me think of, like, that's very, what's the word? Patriarchal? Yeah. Because, like, yeah. in a in a traditional marriage... When you get married, it's Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Husband's mm-hmm. name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just totally cancels out the wife, which I don't like. <laughs> but, oh. yes. yes. I want to say something else in regards to Queen Leah's Raven-Clawsy. Clawsiness. She was the smartest one in that room when Maleficent was there, because she won when the fairies kind of like were like you weren't invited and were sassing her she was like oh so you're not offended your excellency like she had like the whole plan to be like i'm not messing with this but she's yeah. kind of like oh, i'm not sure we can curse, curse. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's the maleficent episode okay <laughs> but no like like, I kind of just, like, got that sense. Like, she she had a plan. She was ready for it. And then, like, the fairies were like, nah, we're just going to sass her. Yeah. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> It'll be cool. <laughs> we're going to sass her, and then she's going to curse this baby. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Just right? usual birthday stuff. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Those fairies, the poor things, they try to do right, but, like, Really, everything that happens is kind of their fault. <laughs> you know, the curse in the beginning to begin with, and then, although I could still see that Well, I think anyway. that was going to happen regardless, but them sassing her surely didn't help. Yeah. And then they go 16 years without messing up at all, but then they have to touch those wands in the <laughs> afternoon of her birthday and I ruin know. it all. Oh, I just feel yeah. bad, because you know it hurt them. Yeah. Oh, man. Well... Let's talk about them. The fairies. Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. So Flora is the red one. Red slash pink. Fairy. Fauna is the green one, and Meriwether is the blue one. Um, My favorite is Fauna. God. I just love watching her bake. Like, the part where it says, fold in two eggs. And she's like, (laughs) okay. And just puts the eggs in there, folds it over, and cracks them. And then her face is like... Was that right? <laughs> she kills me. Um, but I, they're all very different personalities. And they all bring, like, super different things to the story. So, like, yeah. Flora kind of has always come across to me as um, tries to be the wisest. Like, she tries to be the one that, like, reigns them in. And, uh, like, she's always the one that is like, don't use magic you know, like, she was she was pretty against it until that day when she gave in, too. But, what? If these were the Sanderson sisters, she'd be Winnie. Exactly. But good. But a good, good but a good Winnie. Yeah. She's like the motherly, yeah. like, like, the doc. Yeah, they're perfect comparison. Seriously, Meriwether is, um, oh, shoot, what is her name? The one with the black hair. Kathy Najimy. 
the actress. I know. Yeah, oh, Mary. Like, Mary. Mary. Yeah. Merryweather <laughs> is like Mary. And then Fauna is a little ditzy, kind of like Sarah. Yeah. Like, they're kind of perfect comparison, except one, one trio's evil and one trio's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, something else that makes Fauna um, the same as... Oh, my gosh. What's that Sanderson sister's name again? Sarah. Sarah again. Yeah. Right, Sarah. The, the one that makes them the same is they both love children, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but oh they're, God, yeah, awesome. they're kind of perfect. Like, I kind of want to put Fauna... In Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'll take her. Um, for Flora. Sure. I want to say Ravenclaw for yeah. Flora. Um, I know where to put Meriwether. Meriwether is a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Their colors were throwing me off. I just I kept know, picturing, right? like, blue in my head, and I'm like, Meriwether's not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how spunky she is. She's so spunky. I love her. And, like, I've seen this movie before, but I didn't remember how funny they were. Yeah. I was literally laughing out loud throughout this whole movie. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I know. Tissue. You're dabbing up your nose. Um, okay, next is King Hubert, who is Philip's father. He's a hothead. He's comedic a Comedic relief. Yes, yeah. definitely <laughs> comedic relief. Um... I love the part when he gets so offended about, like, Aurora possibly not wanting to marry his son. What's wrong with mm-hmm. my Philip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much wine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure where he... I feel like we don't know his personality enough, minus the fact that he's a hothead. But I, I don't know where to put him. I don't know if anybody else has any other ideas. He's kind of a hard one. Muggle. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a muggle. I guess maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's just a traditional my... dude. Yeah. 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 He reminds me a little bit of Slughorn. He does. Just a yeah. tiny bit. He does, oh yeah. He's like, he's got good tendencies, but like, uh-huh. there's a little bit in an undertone where it's like, he gets offended easily. He's a little hot-headed. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's probably a Slytherin. Maybe. He's I mean, very much in the family, lines. like family lines, staying yeah. pure or whatever, oh, like yeah. royal. Oh. But I don't care about pure blood, and I'm a Slytherin. Comes with the house, man. Comes with the house. <sighs> oh, wait, no. You know who he is? He's Amos Diggory. Oh. Yes. Oh, he my is. God. I wonder if Amos was also a Hufflepuff like his son. I don't know. But that doesn't really know. fit him. No. But I don't know. Yeah, he is very much like Amos Diggory. Yeah. Yeah. Very proud of his son. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and lastly, we've got Maleficent. She Ooh. is just evil. That baddie. She's, She's house Voldemort. <laughs> she is just like Voldemort. Like, literally just evil. I mean, like, do we do we know why... She decides to curse Aurora. Like, is there even a reason for it? She wasn't, she wasn't invited. invited. She didn't get invited to the party. Yeah. That's really the only reason. Yeah. She's bitter, okay? <laughs> they didn't send her an invite, and then they said, you're not wanted. And she's like, oh, I thought it was just an oversight. But in that case, I'm going to curse your daughter. Huh. Yeah, she's she holds a grudge. She's probably a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't, I don't want to take her into my house, but she probably is. Slytherins hold grudges. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maleficent. The scariest she, part with her yeah. was when she turned into a dragon and she's like, from all the powers in hell. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That got real serious really fast. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's slightly terrifying. A little. A little bit. It kind of made me laugh because I was thinking of the Fantasmic scene where it's like, and all the powers of my imagination. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's different. Like, I see what you did there, Disney. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but <clears throat> I definitely can appreciate her more as an evil villain this, this time around watching it. Yeah. She's just so yeah. bad. Yeah. Like, just for the sake of being bad. She lives on this forbidden island in this, like, dank castle with all this stone and, like, these dumb, evil cronies. And she's just there to, like, be angry and, like, sour about things all the time. Yeah. Like, people were rejoicing because she was still angry about not, like, right. killing Aurora. Yes. Yeah. But wasn't, like, the coolest... Like, the most telling scene of Maleficent, the one where she's gleefully telling Philip that she'll release him when he's 100 years old, and yeah. he's going to, like, crawl his way back to his lady love, and, like, oh, you valiant person, like, going after true love, like, just gleefully, like, portraying this picture. I was just so like, sad. that's, if I was a villain, that's that's the villain I want to be, like, <laughs> Go big or go <laughs> home, I guess. <laughs> like girl you don't need the dragon just like just like use that sass and like (laughs) hone it in and (laughs) i mean the dragon was her downfall so yeah i think yeah true the fairies were actually her downfall if you think about it that's true definitely true all right this is the fun part our favorite character in scene i'll go first and then because of the order on my screen it'll go alex rory and then katie just so everybody knows when to talk. So, favorite character is a tie between Fauna and Philip. Why are you shaking your head? You're stealing all my stuff. You like Fauna? <laughs> yeah. Fauna is Fauna is just hilarious. And my favorite scene is definitely the one where they're like trying to prepare for her birthday. And they're making the cake, and they're trying to get the dress together. And, like, I love the part in the beginning whenever Flora is, like, trying to make this dress without magic, but it just is awful. (laughs) And then finally she gives in, and she makes it with magic. It's just, like, that scene is visually really pretty, how they're, like, going back and forth with the magic. I like how they, like, show the magic in the animation. Fauna is just hilarious in that scene while she's baking. Um, I just... It's just lighthearted and fun, even though it is eventually their downfall as to why they know where Sleeping Beauty is. But in the moment, it's a very lighthearted scene. Okay, my favorite is, um, is so, okay. <clears throat> the whole thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes, I'm trying to be succinct with my answer right now, because I'll just talk for hours otherwise. So, of course, Aurora is like the number one but I want to give honorable mention I don't know what like you would call him like the guy who works at the castle 
who oh, just yeah. gets drunk <laughs> of all of their wine. Yeah, he's great. Like, no one <laughs> talks about this kid who's just having the time of his life just taking all of their wine. <laughs> I just think he's the best and he needs an honorable mention. Um, but also, like, Aurora is just an amazing character and one of my favorite that like my favorite scene is um when she's singing once upon a dream and um just before when she's talking about like why she wants to find love because like aurora grew up like a regular person with her with what she calls her aunts like she's perfectly happy with her life she's a perfectly happy person she doesn't need anyone to save her but she sees that each little bird has a someone and she just wants a someone and like then she finds her someone and it's just (laughs) the sweetest thing ever and i'm such a hopeless romantic but it's just the best thing ever when she's like i just want a partner boom partner you're welcome like it's just so sweet that whole sequence i love that so cute that's great. I um, I'll I'll piggyback off of that. So my favorite is Philip, um, and it's really because of two scenes. Um, the first one has to be when he's a kid, and he goes <laughs> to meet his like future betrothed, and he just gives her like this look, like Bleh. like who is that? <laughs> like that's a wriggly little baby. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, like, gotta love him because he, he, he had, like, personality even as a kid. Um, and then at the end, I screenshotted it so I could post it on your um, on the uh, on the Facebook group when the episode airs. But there's a face that he gives King Hubert at the end when King Hubert's like, but wait, but, but I thought, and, like, when he's so confused and Philip kind of just, like, gives him this look like, Nah, Dad, you're crazy. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> it's okay. Just dying. We're good. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I just... I think he's really cool. And it, it kind of surprised me because, like, Sleeping Beauty... I remember it used to be my favorite um, movie as a kid before I, like, really, really fell in love with, like, the Renaissance movies. Like, I really like Sleeping Beauty. And this... and just like Megan I hadn't watched it for a while so then when I watched it again and I'm watching Prince Philip I'm like okay okay Disney I see you I, I see what you did there with him mm-hmm. um so yeah no I love Philip he's cool um my favorite character just like Megan's Prince Philip and Fauna so Fauna is just she's just so funny and she's so like blissfully unaware of how funny she is which I think is what attracts me to her the most like, she's just, like, humming along, following directions, but, like, not correctly. But she is following the directions. She just doesn't know any better. Um, and it really made me laugh when she was talking about the cake. And she's like, it like it looks like it's done. Not really done. She's like, I bet it'll look even better when it's baked. <laughs> like, she hasn't even <laughs> baked it yet, but it looks like a cake. Um, and then Prince Philip, because he's actually a really cool prince, has a personality, is more than just a pretty face, fights for love literally saves the day slays the dragon like classic prince but like cooler um and i don't have a favorite scene i have like an overall favorite something i loved the music in this film and not just like the songs i loved the background music because say why i didn't realize that in my favorite parade at walt disney world festival of fantasy 
this is this music is literally in that parade during like the scene where uh philip is fighting through the thorns and he's fighting maleficent and the fairies are coming by had no like i loved that music to begin with and then i started hearing it i heard it and i was like kate listen to the music do you recognize it and she's like what what and then she's like oh my god <laughs> like i can't explain to you how much me and meg love that parade so to hear something from 1959 yeah. pulled directly and just like spiced up a little bit to when did that come out? 2013, 2014? 13. That's crazy. And I love it. And just the whole, all the music through the whole film is just beautiful. Just compliments it so well. Yeah. I love the music too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Least favorite character slash scene. Uh, character, I'm actually going to go with the Raven. Uh, I think that he does more damage than Maleficent herself, really, because Maleficent almost fails. And if it wasn't for her sending the Raven out, like, she would have failed. You know? Yeah. So, and he's just, like, an evil henchman with just being a bird. Like, who would think just a bird could be this evil henchman that would, like, get Aurora almost killed, you know? Well, put into slumber. But, least favorite scene, though, is, (laughs) it's probably whenever she's, like, in a trance going to, going through the fireplace to, like, touch the spindle with Maleficent. I just think that her face is really funny. And I, like, I understand that she's in a trance and, like, it's meant to look that way on purpose, but I don't know. I feel like they could have done it. They could have done it a little differently somehow or something. I don't know. It looked funny. Yeah, like, just staring at me with her eyes all wide. (laughs) But, like, honestly, that's not even, like, a least favorite. Like, I really loved this film. I I can't say, like, a, a least favorite scene, really, like... That one was funny, but it wasn't bad, you know? Yeah, it's also good. Yeah. I don't think I can pick a least favorite <clears throat> for a lot of reasons, but I think, like, one that I can't take seriously anymore is um, it became a meme, so now every time I see it, I just hysterically start laughing at it. But, like, I don't know if you've seen, they show a gif of um, Maleficent uh, saying, take your, uh, take your dear princess, and then it's just Aurora on the ground. And somebody captioned it, um, when your friends pick you up after a long night. (laughs) And it's the funniest thing ever. (laughs) And, like, all the different, like, versions of it, I can't, every time I see it, I'm like, ha ha, me. It's just one of those things. That's funny. That's all I got for that one. (laughs) I love everything about it. Sorry, my my phone's about to die again. That's okay. I try every time. I try. Um, so if I die in the middle of this, I'm sorry. Okay. But um, so I really don't like flora. <laughs> like I like fauna and I like Merryweather, but I really don't like flora. And especially, I don't know if I was just watching it differently, but like when at the when she's like suggesting that like oh we should take the baby and um and and you know we sh- we should raise her she'll never guess it and then all of a sudden they're like yeah i have always wanted to raise a baby and i'm like but 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 the king and queen and they they don't get to like spend time with their daughter and wait what like yeah. i don't know it just i get it i get that they had really good intentions but just the way that she she presented it seemed like really kind of selfish and self-serving um and then like on top of that she's just kind of 
you know, she's really bossy and I'm all about the blue dress, not the pink dress. So <laughs> just on principle, like I, I have to hate the fact that, uh, come on, she was in the blue dress for so long. And then all of a sudden they're dancing and she's like, oh, it's blue. And I'm like, it's, it's been blue. Like, <laughs> did you really not see that? Like, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, I just, I did not mesh well with her, but I like the other two fairies. So I'll give her that. Can I say one more favorite thing I forgot about? Sure. I do have a favorite scene. What? It's when, uh, they're, uh, sorry, Aurora isn't 16 yet, and it's a scene of Maleficent with her cronies, and she's like, we've been looking for her for 16 years, we can't find her, and then she's talking to the one, like, pig guy, and he's like, yeah, we checked here, we checked there, we checked there, we've checked all the cradles, (laughs) and then she looks at uh, Diablo, and she's like, they've been looking for a baby and then starts laughing and then they all think haha so funny and then she's like idiots imbeciles and like just totally like sparks them all oh my god it was so funny oh anyway least favorite i don't have a least favorite character and i don't even think i have a least favorite scene i will pick though when aurora wakes up and her eyes are just like Oh, the crazy eyes. Yes. When she's like, yeah, yeah it's her a eyes funny. just open. But it's not, again, it's not bad, but it makes me laugh. So. Yeah. When I don't think you're supposed to laugh at that moment in time. But, yep. All right. Rory, do you want to go first since your phone might die and you could say what the story, like what you took away from it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Did it die? Oh, no. <gasps> it may have died. Maybe. No, no, no. I'm good. <gasps> okay. Oh, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I'm plugging it in in between sessions, oh, so like I turn it. off the sound, and so no, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> um. So fi- final impression. Yeah. Is that okay? So one of the reasons why I I really liked Sleeping Beauty growing up was because long story short, when when Pocahontas came out, my kindergarten class did like a whole presentation on Pocahontas, and we had to say what our name meant. And I couldn't find what Rory meant or what it stood for. So they told, my teacher told me, she's like, oh, well, like, it could be, like, short for Aurora. Um, So I was like, oh, Rory means Dawn. Okay. Uh, um, BT dubs, Rory means Red King. Not the same. (laughs) (laughs) But so, like, I identified with Aurora for a really long time um, because of that. Um. So, yeah, it was just, it was really good going back to it and, like, remembering why I liked it so much. And the Mm -hmm. music was amazing and the art was amazing. And, um, yeah, I just, I I really, I I really enjoyed going back. It it really stood out as a Disney classic. And, um, you know, even knowing now that Walt, like, kind of, like, made them redo that scene for so many times. Like, you have just all the more appreciation for it. Yeah. And, um that the film took 10 years to make like it, it really it, it's it's it really kind of stands out as like and definitely between the, the three original Disney princesses like this is definitely like the top for it so I think as as you said Meg it's a really good way to end the 50s yeah 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 um I think that 
I just, yeah, like, I don't really have, like, a theme or anything that, like, I took away from the film, but just, like, overall, this film is, like, a masterpiece. Like, it is just beautifully done. The backgrounds are gorgeous. Like, the feel of it is gorgeous. You can tell how cohesive it is that there was one person working on, like, the theming and everything. Um, And I think that, yeah, this is, like, one of the highest notes that you could leave on like animation in the 50s like it is just I I mean I'm a Cinderella girl like I love me some Cinderella but like I can't believe that I didn't watch this movie more often like I'm I'm bummed about it because it's so beautiful like I don't know why I forgot about this movie or something like I I just love the fairies like they bring this humor to the film that is uh, that is great um again I've said it a couple times, like, Philip is awesome. He, like, actually plays the role of a prince, not just of a pretty face, like Katie said. Um, and he fights for love. And I think that it's, like, one of the best stories of the princesses from this time, at least. Like, it actually, like, the plot is good. Not like the plot of Snow White and Cinderella are bad, per se, but, like, the overall feel of the story is just really good. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, you can go if you'd like. Okay. Well, like, she kind of stole mine. (laughs) Me too. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, it really is a masterpiece. And something that, like, I loved was I, like, I went hard researching this one. And, like, I watched um, interviews from Mary Costa, the voice of Aurora. And her favorite part about it, as she is, like, an opera singer, so she's classically trained and all that, is when she was talking to Walt about it, he had such reverence for the Tchaikovsky ballet like that's where he pulled so much of it and he wanted to stay really true to how they composed the music and just the feeling of it and the flow from scene to scene and moment to moment just in the feeling of everything and then visually like it is like looking at a medieval book you know just constantly like a stylized medieval book but in such a beautiful way and it's just I love looking at it. I love listening to it. And the sass level in this movie is the best thing. <laughs> I love it so much. And it could, I feel like if they released it today, it would do so well. Because, like, they have such good humor in it. Yes. And people can actually relate to it. And she is. Like, teenagers still run up the stairs and run to their room and cry when they have to do something they don't want to do. Like, girls still fall in love with a boy they just met and are convinced that that's it. You know, like... They're just things that are still relatable, even though that was the 50s. So it's just like a timeless, beautiful piece to me. And that's what I take away from it every time I watch it. I'm so impressed by it. I don't even know what I can say like to the ad that you guys haven't. You've like stolen everything that I wanted to say. It's just like, I think that they took the, the classic like Princess Prince story and just like stepped it up. As you guys have mentioned, like the humor, if you want me to pay attention to anything put humor in it so that had me right away it has the love it has really good music really good songs that are like super catchy and cute and like you can sing along really quick with them um i mean look philip just joined right in right he knew the words right away um and it also has like amazing adventure to it and a dragon battle for god's sake that's the climax of the whole film so they take that classic story and just and it's totally classic still, but they, like, stepped it up, I feel. Which I really appreciated. Because sometimes it just feels like 
yeah, I know it's gonna happen. I know the same story. And even though you do kind of know they're gonna end up together at the end, like, you can infer that, it's really fun to, like, go along the ride with them. I think that's all we got. Any last, last, last <laughs> thoughts <laughs> before we say a sad goodbye to Sleeping Beauty? The blue dress is correct, and it will always be correct. <laughs> I love that. I that also, is all. I also want to add that I love, and I didn't realize, like, the story really isn't just about Aurora. Like, it's all about mm-hmm. everybody else, and there's so many characters, and yet you're not overwhelmed by it, which is really cool. All right, so super huge thank you to Rory and Alex for recording with us. You guys are always so, well, I know Rory's always so fun and enthusiastic, but Alex <laughs> brought her own, like, favorite fun and enthusiasm to this. Um, so thank you very much. We really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to record with us. Meg's nodding from the background. I think she's not feeling well, so (laughs) I'll wrap it up. (laughs) All right. Can you do this part or do I need to talk about it all? I can do it. Okay. So Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. We also have a Facebook group with a document with our comprehensive list of movies that we'll be watching along with availability to be on the show with us, so make sure that you check that out and comment on the post, email us, or message us with what movies you're interested in joining us on. And lastly, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Pod. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to watch The Shaggy Dog ahead of tomorrow's Podmas episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.